guys. Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Evil Eddie, and I think this is a little weird to say. This is more than a little weird to say. When we have grandchildren, I want you to picture this right now. They're going to go into their second grade classroom, and they're going to stand up in front of their class, and the teacher's going to say, so, Sophia, or uh, Donnie Rocket the Third, or... <laughs> What, what, what is your uh, grandfather's, you know, history? And they're going to go, oh, he was born in the 1900s. Uh, you know, his career started picking up in the 20s. Think of that. We're in the 20s right now, Donnie. We're in the 2020s. I know, man. It's crazy. My great-grandparents uh, were over in Italy right now. So I'm the only uh, second generation here in America. And to think back when I think about my great-grandparents growing up in the 20s, that's forever ago. So think about our grandchildren going through that same thing. Like, it's just crazy. Dude, we're here right now. And I remember where I was during the year 2000. What was it called? Uh, Y2K. Yeah, me too. I was in South Carolina. Like, we were huddled in a trailer wondering if the world was coming to an end. So when I look at our analytics on the podcast, there's a lot of younger viewers. So I just want you to paint the picture and I'll paint the picture really quick of what it was like to witness the 2000 ball drop and now watching the 2020 ball drop because I was in upper state New York. I was with my family. They're a bunch of hunters, you know, upper state New York, obviously. And we made a time capsule, man. I would love to go back and dig that shit up. I think I put a Pokemon card in there because that was really big. Beanie Dude, babies it's, a it's worth some money, man. <laughs> Dude, you want to hear something crazy? I went to um, Goodwill the other day, and I got a Beanie Baby for 36 cents. I looked it up, and it's part of the original first-generation Beanie Babies, and it's going for $30,000. Dude, and kids used to kill each other and beat the hell out of each other for uh, Pokemon cards. Like, no lie. There used to be, like, on the news, murders. Like, kids would get killed <laughs> for their Pokemon cards. Like no bullshit. Now kids like, are getting killed over uh, Instagram followers. Yeah, is... no but do you remember where you were? Like, uh, yeah, how, how we were old were you? Like, dude, like, we were, huh? How how old were you? Let's see. What is this? Two thousand and twenty. So twenty years ago, I was thirteen. Wait, Donnie, how old are you? Because I was ten. I'm thirty-three. I just turned thirty-three in November. I'm old. Okay, you said you were thirteen. Yeah. Donnie mean, goes, no, Donnie goes, I'm old. I'm 33. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're only as old as you feel. Well, you know how I think of it? It's Fuck, like, uh, you're on level 3.3 of level 10 in your life. You're, you're not old, bro. I don't, I don't know about that, but. Well, you think about it, you break it down. If, if you live up to a hundred, you're on level 3.3. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fucked. I'm on level 6.6. <laughs> <laughs> you got that wear and tear, bro. You got that Jose Aldo wear and tear on your body. Maybe you're my favorite wear and tear yeah. from the leg kicks. <laughs> <laughs> from the, the Aldo leg kicks. So we got a lot to talk about on this episode. I just want to thank everybody that's tuning in right now. Um, before we start today's broadcast, I mean, we got a lot to go through. Obviously, there was three events that went down. We're not going to spend too much time on uh, Risen. I do want to discuss Bellator's main event, and Donnie did fill in tonight to do the result for PFL. And this was the first year... I was, hey, stop to Z. Hey, stop to Z. Throw a little, 
throw a little lighter over there, throw a little Flint action. But this was actually the first year I didn't go to New York to cover PFL. When I first started, it was actually World Series of Fighting, and I saw Justin Gaethje, Marlon yeah. Morales, and uh, the third guy that got signed, uh, re-signed to the UFC. Oh my God, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Dan, uh, David Branch. David Branch. David Branch got slammed. He got slammed KO'd back in the day by my boy Gerald Harris. Oh. And it's in 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 uh, David Branch's first stint in the uh, UFC. And it was crazy, man, because Branch yeah. going back to the UFC. Everyone was so excited. You got Justin Gaethje. You got Marlon, who was you know Frankie Edgar's protege, which we'll talk about Frankie Edgar in a couple of minutes here with the Korean yeah. zombie talk. But it's just sad, man, to see David Branch have so much potential and just kind of crumble under the, the pressure, which kind of wants me to segue into everyone discussing Michael Chandler. How would Michael Chandler do if he went into the UFC? Because we saw Eddie Alvarez go. He became champion, man. He was smart enough to yeah. use his wrestling skills throughout the entire uh, run-up to that title fight. Yeah, I think he got... I think he got, uh, I don't know, I think he, I don't know, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad, I, I like Eddie Alvarez. But Donnie, let team, me ask you I'm, this. I'm team, I'm, team, I'm team Iron Army, but yeah. Is it too late for us to see what we wanted to see? It's almost similar to Fedor, but to an extent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, levels I so. down. Yeah, I think so. Michael Chandler's, what, 33 now, too? I think so. I think he signed with the belt with Bellator <laughs> for the foreseeable future, so I think so. Donnie, I found out what your problem is, bro. What? You're looking at these fight. You're comparing your age to these fighters that have gone through the trenches. Dude, 33, 33 at 155 is no joke, man. Well, what, what, what about? He said he, he said he wants to fight, fight five more years, so that'd be 38. And I think he signed. From the way he talked, he made it sound like he was signed from Bell, through Bellator for the foreseeable future. I, I remember when Chandler went on Rogan's podcast. Uh, I think yeah. it was about a year ago. Yeah, there was talk. Fight, talk about fighting Khabib and shit. Right? There was talk. Like, I started getting pumped because this was around the same time that we started hinting towards Ben Askren to get signed, which was a tease. Was, yeah, cause, uh, because Michael Chandler was going to test free agency, but then he ended up re-signing, a, in his mind, or in his words, a lucrative deal with Bellator. I mean, he is Bellator's most successful fighter. True. He was tied with uh, Patricky, P P Patricio Pitbull for the most wins in Bellator history, but now with his win the other night at uh, Bellator, and, uh, yeah, and... He passed him, I think, for 17 wins. And Isn't it so crazy? Like, we're going into the new decade, and we're, we're listing off all these fighters. Think about where we're going to be in 2030. These are going to be the Fedors of that. No, it's going to be way past that. It's mm -hmm. going to, it's it's just crazy, man, when you go into a new year. and we're getting, ready, we're getting ready to find out who's the greatest lightweight of all time in April, knock on wood. Well, yeah, knock on wood with that, but... I, I think it's such an interesting conversation. I really want our listeners to uh, dig in on this. Isn't that so crazy, though? Khabib fighting Tony, and these they're both on the longest one in history. Both fight wins. That is so crazy, man. Somebody's, some, someone's O may go. I don't think it's going <laughs> to go, but someone's A, O may go, and damn, 12 fight win streak apiece in the same, in the same tough-ass division. You know... Arguably the hardest division in all of, all of MMA. Donnie, I made a rookie mistake 
uh, yesterday or maybe two days ago. I went on Instagram and you know, you know how fans are for Habib. You know how fans are for Connor. You know how fans could be for uh, John Jones. But more likely for Habib, people go up in arms. For Conor McGregor, people go up in arms. So oh, yeah. I made oh, yeah. a comment about, you know, Conor McGregor did pretty well. People end up looking like Conor McGregor is a has-been. He, you know, w was fighting Mayweather. He lost that. He came back. He fought Habib. Guys, he's only lost two fights in the octagon. They Nate forget he's 9-2. and, two. They, they, he's nine and two in the UFC. They forget that. I mean, I'm a, I, I could be a Conor hater too, but... All of us, honestly. Well, what like, do you hate? What do you hate about Connor? Because what I, it's well, no, not hate, I, 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 it's I become frustration. A hater too when I hear all these accusations and things like yeah. that, like uh, if those other accusations are true, then then it's all it's all over with. But let's just say Agreed. the rape accusations and all that are not even true. I mean, I, I've hated on him in the past, but the thing is, it's like what pisses me off. Like what piss what would piss me off is when he would. Every single fight, after every single fight would end, he would tweet like he was coming back, and it was either, it was like, dude, either shit or get off the pot, you know? Like, quit teasing this shit. Like, retire, like, stay away, or, or come back and fight, you know? But at the same time, people need to try to put themselves in his position. You Thank know? you. Like, he's changed the game forever. And imagine at, you know, 29, 30 years old, making $100 million and having the same motivation to get up Thank you, Donnie. And just have the same motivation to get up and get punched in the face all over again. Nobody else would want to do it. No, Donnie, let me ask you this. Let me throw this in there. Fighter of the decade. You know, I, I tweeted this out. Conor McGregor. I mean, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, I, I think were two huge names where it came down to when you think about fighter of the decade, what does that consist of? To you, let me ask you that. Answer that for me. What does fighter of the decade have to hold to wear the crown titles defenses wins i mean but i mean connor checks a lot of the boxes except for title defenses but i mean he changed but what's the, the game. most he important part for sure what's the most important part it's growing the fan base in my opinion yeah. that's yeah, a, i mean i would look at consistency but yeah i understand well yeah, yeah i mean definitely. yeah but no i understand it, it, there, there's a there's a there's a balancing act, right? I, I feel like when you when you think about fighter of the decade, it's like who made the most impact outside of the sport. Like I remember when Conor McGregor was fighting Eddie Alvarez, right? Mm -hmm. I had so many people that never watched an MMA fight in their life asking yeah. me about who I was going to pick, asking me how much the pay per view was going to be when he fought Mayweather. Bro, go back mm -hmm. to that. That wasn't that long ago, and mm -hmm. think about how big that was. It was crazy. It was. I mean, it's the most. I mean, I know they're gonna argue that Mayweather Pacquiao was, but it's honestly, it's the most. It's the most viewed pay per view of all time. Most bought pay per view of all time. Well, for MMA, who who would you be listing in your top three? John Jones, Conor McGregor, Demetrius Johnson. Really, in the last yeah. ten years. Yeah. Think, okay, so Conor, Conor McGregor because of his. Because of because of his influence on the game, changing the game. Like the thing is, is that people out there they talk so much shit, but the UFC would not be on ESPN. I guarantee it. The UFC would not be on ESPN today if it wasn't for Conor McGregor and Ronda. It, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but definitely Conor McGregor. I mean, it was still the Fox deal when when Ronda retired and all that. But if it wasn't for Conor McGregor, I don't think the UFC would have been on 
would have been on uh, ESPN. Well, this and, is also... And, I mean, the thing is, is that it does grow the fan base. Like, the thing is, we get pissed off at these crossover fights, and every time I hear them, they, they make me cringe. Yeah. Because but the thing is, is that the UFC is not depending on you or me to buy views. If if just us hardcores bought the pay-per-view, the fucking the, the sport could not sustain. Man, like, they would go bankrupt. The only, only way that they are able to by bringing in, I mean, obviously they have a seven-year deal with ESPN, getting more guaranteed money than ever, but after seven years, what happens, you know? The thing is, is that bringing in new eyeballs to the sport is what truly grows the sport and what secures the, the sport's future. And so I think Conor McGregor has obviously contributed that to as much as anyone. Well, the other big part of it is obviously the pay-per-view bias for Ronda Rousey, the Conor McGregor thing. When ESPN bought them, that was huge, man. When ESPN bought UFC for $4 billion, that was insane. I think that was the biggest news story of the decade, oh, easily. That wouldn't have happened without Conor McGregor either. The sale of the, the, sale of the UFC to uh, uh, M-E-I-M-G. Yeah, it's tongue twister. It's definitely tongue twister. That Hollywood talent agency, he was already... He was, I mean, Ronda Rousey probably had a big deal to do with that, too, because she was already signed by, uh... Hey, mud on. No, don't even say my phone just died. Don't even tell me my phone just died. Guys, why does this always happen to me? I have a charger right here. Didn't plug it in. All right, so 2020 start off. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to turn back on in, in just a second here. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get the tape recorder back up. But I like what Donnie was saying there, but also, guys, just reflecting back on the last decade, think about that. When we were ending the decade, we were on UFC, or not UFC, we were on Ultimate Fighter Season 10, Rampage Jackson versus Rashad Evans. Think about how long that's been since we've seen that season, which still holds the number one spot on all-time viewed list for the ultimate fighter and now we've had to say goodbye to it and think about how much the sport has grown since then i know there's a lot of people out there that aren't fans of conor mcgregor they're not fans of ronda rousey but somewhere in your heart you have to show them a little bit of respect and this is why i want to know if it's not conor if it's not ronda who do you give fighter of the decade to and this is also why 2019 has been insane because we don't have conor we don't have Ronda. Yeah, John Jones is back, but how much is that really doing for the sport? He's not really selling pay-per-views like he was back in the day. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. I don't know, because we're diehards. I need to ask other people, but there's no other people around me that's wanting to know when John Jones' next fight is. I don't even think people really care that much anymore. And you look at people like Israel Adesanya. You look at people like Zabit. You look at people like Sugar Shane O'Malley. You look at people. There was a crazy tweet that went out the other day saying the biggest female star returns in Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt, the biggest female star. What are you talking about? Since when is Paige Van Zandt? Paige Van Zandt, yeah, she's beautiful. And I remember when a couple years ago the UFC was riding with that. They were trying to market the beauty with talent. How well did that work out for them? Tell me, how well did that work out for Paige Van Zant? And, you know, Paige Van Zant, she did well. She went on Dancing with the Scarf Stars. But 
how well did it work out for uh yo. yo my phone died for a second but i'm just discussing you know without conor mcgregor without ronda rousey and you reflect on 2019 just think about how big of a year it was and with, with the standouts and we will do the recap show for uh the end of the year but what are the standout fighters oh, to you because yeah. to me it's israel adesanya definitely one of the biggest names to come out of 2019. Oh, hell yeah. What would be another fighter that stood out to you? Because I'm, I'm talking about Zabit. You got, you know, there, there's so many young up-and-comers that are coming through, too, like Sugar Shane O'Malley. But yeah, it took a little oh, break, yeah. but... Yeah, he's getting ready to return soon, though. I, I just love the new, fresh faces in 2019. We didn't rely so much on these big superstars, which actually shows a growth yeah. in the sport not leaning on Conor McGregor. And if you guys saw the new Conor McGregor commercial that didn't show Cowboy, by the way, airing yeah. M&M's without me. Feels so yeah. empty without me. Now, everybody, just follow me. Kind of perfect, you but at the same time, it's like, ah. Crazy? What's that? You want to hear something, want to hear something crazy? You're on a podcast. We, we need yeah. crazy. I just did an article. Donnie, I just did an article. It said, and I got it written down actually right here. Uh, 12 pay-per-view events. Check this out, Donnie. Check this out, Donnie. You ready for this? So 2019 UFC ESPN partnership. First event, we had 600,000 new ESPN Plus subscriptions. It was huge. Uh, I think that fight was Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw. 23 yep. fight night cards, 12 pay-per-view events, 7 UFC on ESPN events. Uh, the first card, yeah, TJ versus Cejudo in Brooklyn. Now, now, Donnie, also I want to bring this up, and let me just drop the mic in front of, uh, in front of you a little bit here. Okay, so in 2019, the introduction of Greg Hardy. Um, MVP yeah. versus yeah. Lima. He, he was on that. He was on that uh, first uh, uh, UFC, uh, UFC on ESPN Plus card. Yeah, he had that. Uh, he was, they put him in the co-main event spot, and he had the disqualification. Oh, that's right. Where we saw him go into what the second round, where he started losing a little bit of energy. Had his opponent too, but um. Yeah, I know. I, I, oh, Crowder, Crowder. Also, we had Kelvin Gaslam versus Israel Asana, UFC 236 in April. Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, Yoel versus Costa. No Love versus Munoz. Tony versus Cowboy. Cowboy versus yeah. Alexander Hernandez. I mean, come on, Hernandez was on the top list on Pure Evil MMA's end of the year show for multiple, uh, multiple media members saying that he was the runner for 2019.
that he was going to be the yeah, next so big star. Many people were rejoicing. So many people were rejoicing when Cowboy knocked him the fuck out because he was saying, talking all that shit at the uh, press conference. He was like, he's calling, telling Cowboy, come on with your little, uh, you like your geriatric ass, come on with your little pea shooter or something like that. <laughs> And, and Cowboy was like, listen, you little fucker. You know, I'm two doors down from you. They messed up in the hotel. And I'm two doors <laughs> down from you. Backstage, you didn't have shit to say. But if you have something to say, come knock on my door. So, so Hernandez, when was his last fight? I mean, he kind of disappeared uh, halfway through the year. His last fight was in San Antonio, hometown. Uh, it was a hometown fight. And he got a close decision win. Uh, but it wasn't. I, I honestly, I that it could have gone to Chernobyl, but it was a close fight. That's a tough the, fight. The hometown not in San Antonio. We also had uh, Darren Till versus Masvidal, Cejudo versus Henry. Uh, I mean, Henry Cejudo versus uh, Marlon Morales ended in TKO, yeah. UFC uh, 238 yeah, back in June. San Antonio was July 20th, so yeah, we haven't seen out. We only saw Alexander Hernandez twice in 2019. How about Ben Askren, 2019? Ben Askren. Yeah. I mean, it, I I'm not celebrating it, but it was interesting to watch, right? Right. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about city kickboxing. What a year city kickboxing has had. I mean, they have two champions now. I mean, this is a gym, you know, obviously down in uh, New Zealand. And, I mean, a gym no one heard of. A lot of people hadn't heard of before Israel out of Tanya, but they really popped on the map this year. I mean, they have, you have Dan Hooker, who had a hell of a year, went undefeated this year. You have Israel Adesanya, who went undefeated and won a championship, won an interim championship, and then, and then uh, won the undisputed championship against Robert Whitaker. And then you had Volkanovski win the championship against Max Holloway. Oh, man. And what a year city kickboxing is that. And you know what, Donnie, on our Puri MMA underscore Instagram at Pure Evil MMA underscore I posted a photo of some of the most brutal fights uh, fight injuries this year you had Cowboy's eye injury you had Alistair Overeem's lip which actually healed within a couple of days you had uh, Mike Perry's nose bent in half yeah oh man that, I think I think uh, I mean Seeing how quickly he came back from it and probably wasn't a good idea. I think Mike Perry's was the worst, man, because that could change their life. We have to see how we have to see what Kobe Covington's like. What Kobe Covington's jaw injury is going to end up being like, because I know guys have never been the same after having their jaw broken. Speaking but, of uh, Kobe, I guess we'll find out. Speaking of Kobe, while we're on Instagram right now, we finally had a spotting. I mean, he kind of went. Yeah, I saw that. With little peep, uh, not little peep. Uh, what the hell is his name? Um, little pump. He was a little pump. Little pump. He was a little pump, man. I mean, of all people to be with, and you got, you got Kobe yeah. Covington smiling cheek to cheek there. So that that was pretty interesting. Um, also his this year, it did, didn't it? It's kind of crazy how fast these fighters' faces are healing. I'm sure a little uh, little pump took care of him because he's all hooked up with the porn stars. I don't even want to mention right. names, but uh, um, also, also this year. Uh, this is also 2019. 
2019 was the year for the rest in peace of James Vick's uh, chin. Ooh. It's, uh, it's, it's completely gone. James Vick's chin's gone. Uh, then after retired. But How about chin, DC versus Stipe, too? Yeah, man. That was a great fight. That was a great, uh, great, uh, in the second fight. So DC says that he wanted to retire at the beginning of 2019. He's still around. Yeah, he didn't yeah, retire. He said, yeah, he said his. Uh, he said that his. That it was a very hard deadline of March. His birthday when he turned forty in March. Yeah. And now here we are going into a new year. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to be honest with you because this has shown everyone how much Dana White loves DC. Like really, honestly, cares about him because I don't care what anyone says. John Jones versus Stipe would have been a much bigger fight, but. I think Dana White honestly cares a lot about DC and feels like he owes them because the thing is, is that it's actually bad for the division if DC wins because now you have a championship that's been vacated due to retirement. You know what I I'm also mean, glad about? Stipe laying off the boxing talk. I don't know many guys that Dana White would do that for. I agree with you 100%. I mean... You got a question like, what is next for DC? Is there going to be a third fight? What's going on? But at oh, least definitely. I mean, they said that it's going to be a third fight. There has to be, right? Because I guess Stipe is still is still nagging, has some has some nagging injuries and stuff like that from the first one, from the second fight. So I guess it's I guess we're working on they're working on it as far as uh, what Stipe's timeline to be able to return is. Now, Donnie, how about the females? You know, Stipe's going to drag this out as long as you can. What was that? I said, you know, Stipe might drag this out as long as he can. I mean, the older DC gets... Look how long he waited for this fight. He was smart and waited for this rematch instead of taking any other fight. That was smart. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Donnie... It wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about the girls. How many times the titles changed... Within the females division, let's talk about Rose versus Andrade, and then Andrade versus Zhang. I mean, come on. Wiley Zhang could honestly, this might sound crazy to people, but if Wiley Zhang can hold on to that title, this is no exaggeration. She may end up becoming the biggest star the UFC has ever seen. She went on a on some some reality show or some show in. In China? China? Which is huge. Which is, you know, but UFC yeah. went there because of that we reason. Donnie, Donnie, count, count to one billion. Count to one billion. For all of our listeners right now, count to one billion. That's a huge number. You can put all of Comcast's uh, regular daily broadcast together, and it would come somewhere near that. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. I mean, just think of the Super Bowl, like one-third of the... <laughs> oh, I think, yeah. Like, I think, the, I think the highest-rated Super Bowl is like one-third, like the average of Think about tonight, Donnie. Think about people watching the ball drop. There wasn't a billion yeah. people watching. Come on. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's, 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 it's,
it's crazy, man. If she goes on a show and over one billion people watch, I mean, she could literally, if she can hold that title, hold on to that title and defend it a couple times, she could literally become the biggest star in sports I've ever seen. And she's also learning some English now, has a little bit of charisma. I know some people don't huge. like her, but I mean, she uh, showed that video with, uh, with, uh, uh, JJ, uh, Yolanda Young Yankee's picture, like on the punching bag. Oh yeah, they're going to be fighting yeah, next. Cool. Her and Yoana are going to yeah. be fighting next, actually. And you know, yeah, man, that's a good fight, man. It's it's lined pretty even. I think uh, I think the last time I saw Wiley Zhang was like a minus one forty favorite. So wow. right around uh, right or close to a pick up with a slight lean to, to Wiley Zhang, but yeah. So Donnie, I, I want to wrap this conversation up uh, in a second, but I think this was a really good transition to bring up this last uh, topic here for this part of the show and it's you know ufc going to china huge because there's money to be made there especially when zhang actually winning i mean mean, in the way that she won that that was yeah exactly i mean the thing is the ufc went to china andrage was obviously the favorite to win that fight it couldn't have ended better for the ufc (laughs) that was so crazy man that was such a crazy fight but my, my point here being is the ufc really is thirsty for that money man and we're oh, seeing yeah. it because they raised the pay-per-views by five dollars yeah, heading into 2020 whoa 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 excuse me they raised the price of espn plus well it's, I, I saw a thing where like the thing is isn't it like 60 dollars a year right now or a little under yeah. 60 dollars a year 499 times 12 so what is that 59 92 or something and I think I saw a price of like $69.99 or $79.99 per, per ESPN Plus. It's like 60 bucks, yeah. Yeah, I think the price went it's up like 10 bucks. Just think about I that for a second. Wrong, Just think about that for a second. Sure and yet they don't it. allow these fighters to have sponsors on their t-shirts yeah. or shorts. They can't wear a hat with a sponsor on it that they could take off halfway down the uh, you know the walkout. Nothing. But yet you yeah, have Bruce Buffer worked, in there saying, fought, "We'll keep the light on for you." It's just messed up, man. Exactly. Dude, when Cyborg fought her last fight in the UFC, she had a shirt on in the back that said "Cyborg versus the man in the two. Yes. And this was in the back. This is after the fight's over with, after she won, and this is everything's over with. And so all she has is the post-fight press conference. And she wore a shirt that said, Amanda Nunez versus Cyborg 2. And they made her take it off before she flew out for the press conference. What about Matt Mitrione walking out for the weigh-ins? He was wearing his Jordans. They said, nope, not allowed. Had to go up barefoot. Amanda <laughs> Nunez can do what she wants, and she can wear a Lions mask to, you know, at the, because, you know, she's Dana White's favorite fighter now. Well, I mean, who is the Lions mask, you know, sponsored by uh, Goosebumps? Know, Come on. I know it's not the Lions, <laughs> I didn't see a Reebok on it. I didn't see a Reebok on that Lions thing. Yeah, you make a good point. And when the Reebok deal went through, Cowboy came out with, like, an American flag, and he had to take that off. Yeah. Well, there yeah, was a little crazy, different man. thing going on there. The only, only, only two sponsors I've seen on anyone's shorts is the P3 Monster. Portable the, the P3 uh, yeah, Monster, that's the other one. And the other one was the P3 Portable Protein Snacks or whatever the hell. Or Devour, that's, right? That's Isn't that the UFC's, UFC's new sponsor? You always, the cowboy, you always see that cowboy commercial. Where kind of like, they're cowboys. You know, like it shows them 
start kicking someone and show them riding a horse and shit. Dude, Brian Ortega probably can't even come out with a Modelo's. Or what? what is it? Brian Ortega had yeah, a choice. Modelo. Yeah, yeah, Modelo. He probably yeah. can't even come out with Modelo's uh, logo on. Yeah, I know. Do you know, like, 11 years ago, he had a choice? Yeah. Wait, did he? I mean, the commercial was 10 years ago, but I'm pretty sure it's about 11 or 12 years ago he had a choice now. Donnie, I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet. Uh, what was it, like, oh, two weeks man. ago? It was like, I can't watch anything without them telling me that I know, <laughs> 10 years ago, Brian Ortega had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> he drives me crazy, man. He either keeps fighting in the streets for his life or bring it to the Oxygen. If there's two things we need to ditch in 2020, it's the UFC's intro song and Brian Ortega had a choice. Those are two things we need to get rid of. Uh, but switching gears here, Donnie, uh, PFL did go down tonight. Bring us through that. I yep. mean, uh, but before you bring us through that, what was your predictions for this before we I go through the results? Well, Let me hear your predictions. Uh, I'm, okay, I, I, can't, I can't brag too much because, you know, there was a lot of heavy favorites like Kayla Harrison was a heavy favorite. She was about, she opened as like a, just the one favorite, so $800 to win 100 I think she closed at um, 12, a minus 1200 favorite, so 1200 to win 100 mm. But I had a perfect card. Uh, only, there was only one underdog on the card, and that was uh, Sordi, who defeated Jordan Johnson in the uh, light heavyweight. Sordi was the only uh, was the only underdog. I did pick him to win. And uh, but yeah, I had an undefeated card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and oh. So, but I mean, I, I won't say I can't take. I mean, the thing is, is that someone picked someone said, "Oh, you picked all favorites," and I said, "No, I picked all." Well, I mean, who would you one. guys pick? Like, come on. Yeah, I, I was like, no, I picked uh, all favorites except for Story, who was an under, underdog. But why? I don't make picks based on who's the favorite. I, pick, I make picks based on who I think is going to win. Yeah. I make bets on, on the odds. I don't make picks on the odds. So you, you, you expect me just to pick some underdogs who I don't think is going to win just so I said I picked the underdog and they lose. And, I mean, no. So I picked, I picked who I thought was going to win. But it was a lot of heavy favorites. But, yeah, we opened the night with Brendan Lockney. He was one that on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. And the kid is extremely talented. He was in the UFC and maybe maybe a little bit prematurely. And so he ended up going back to the real game, got a bunch of good wins. And he was on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. And he was the one that was dominating the fight. And in the last 10 seconds, he shot for a touchdown. And... Just because he shot oh, with yes. just because he shot with that for the takedown with two seconds left in the fight. Dana said, you know, Nope, was, that's was, not what we want. How crazy he made an example out of him. That. He used his that's career, that. his sacrifices as an example for other fighters. Yeah. But he said that he said, You know what? If if I'm wrong about him, then he'll be a big he'll be a big free agent fighting or PFL. Check out this million check. Yeah. It was, so, it was so cool, though, because people think, like, if you're in a tournament, it's the only way you get money and things like that. But he was actually, I saw a video of Brendan, Brendan Lockney, and he was able to give his mom the, the keys to a house. He bought her a house. So that was pretty cool that I mean, he was paying enough money to buy his mom a house. Bro, just, okay, so he he has a record of, what is it, 18 and 3? 18 and 3. 18 and 3. 11-4 yeah, against his opponent, yeah. David. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the one thing tonight in a showcase style, it was on ESPN Plus. They started at 6 p.m. Eastern Batman. Just think about, you know, his performance on the Contender Series and Dana White split decision in that second. And I remember that caused a lot of controversy on social media. People are flipping out. The thing is that he's a great fighter and he's from England. And the thing is that England is kind of thirsty for stars in the UFC. I mean, it would have been, he's a great fighter, man. I like the kid a lot. How much do you think he would have made? How much do you think he would have made if he stayed signed to the UFC off the Contender Series? 12, 12, Not much. 12500 12, to show, 12500 to win. And how much would he go home with? Because you got to pay your nutritionist. you got to pay your gym. Oh, no, you got to pay to bring more team yeah. members out to your corner. Like, there's so yeah. much that goes into is, it. Yeah, You're broke. He's already, had two fight, he's already had two fights in the PFL, and so I'm pretty sure they gives him money up front, obviously, if he was able to buy his mama house, but the thing is, is that it's a, I mean, this is what pisses me off, Donnie. I looking at the demise of PSL, like, I, I see people saying, like, yeah, I should, you know, yeah, Kayla Harrison better win that million dollars this year, because how, how much longer will PSL be around for, and this and that, I guess they're, they're tying it to the demise of World Series of Fighting, and since it's under the same leadership, but the thing is, is that, well, it's been a success. This is kind of TV deal with ESPN. They got a bunch of batteries. Like, we had Mike Tyson putting the belts on people. For people just scrolling through the channels or, or whatever and seeing just a, a little preview on their Facebook or anything, seeing Mike Tyson there, they're like, what's going on here? Let me tune in. Oh, it's only $4.99. Okay, I'll tune in. I, I got some time to waste. It's New Year's yeah. Eve. Uh, what else am I going to watch, you know, in the background? Mike yeah. Tyson's there. Yeah. Let's see what this is all about. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm hearing this big deal that Kayla Harrison signed. Never mind a million dollars to this one. I have the new deal she was This is what I got to... This is that... Okay, Donnie. This... we've. How many times have we heard just this year that... Um, this is the most uh, paid female fighter. We heard this for Chris Cyborg when she signed Bellator, and now we're hearing it for That's Kayla. True. That's true. So That's true. what's going on here? Who is, who is who? That's because Ronda's got to be waving well, the flag, in my opinion, right? Right. right. Well, with Kayla Anderson making a million dollars, she definitely made more than many of did this year. Yeah. I, well, we don't know, right? We we, we really don't well, know. With the pay-per-view guys, we don't know, but... I don't think the people did as well as the UFC claims, or else they'd be releasing them. I remember, you know, being backstage last year, uh, while the ball dropped, you know, you had all the winners, you had Lance there, you had Schultz there, you had Kayla there, and Kayla was the Lone Ranger, the only person there that wasn't holding the Happy Gilmore, I'll take the big checks if you still got those. She was the only one right. not holding the million dollar check, and she said, you know what, next year I want that shot. And she got it, man. And there was well, only I mean, one she's moment. Much the face of the, she's too much the face of the, of the, of the promotion. 
she she really ha has been growing that way but have you heard what she said yeah. recently is that she does at some point want to expand you know i interviewed right. justin gaethje backstage years ago and he said you know he was happy fighting with world series of fighting he said what's stepping up it's making a paycheck kill here's someone with a million dollar check how much is she gonna make going to bellator how much is she gonna make going to the ufc but at the same time it's always going to be a shadow overhead a dark cloud of fans going well you're not fighting the best of the best because look at fador he fought that thing no, you're gonna have no dana white sitting there with a big page that he printed out does it want to cut yeah so she would have to cut weight in order to go to one of the other promotions because this is tonight was the first female champion in 155 pounds in history. People are also discussing Kayla versus Cyborg. Don't want to see it, man. I, I don't want to you see know, it because I, oh, I man, still don't think Kayla's ready right for now. it. I still don't think Kayla's ready for it. Well, 7 and 0, 2 of the versus girl, Pacheco. You know something crazy? Kayla Harrison fought the Richard Pacheco tonight, right? Back in 2014, uh, Jessica Andrade fights at 115, right? So you have Jessica Andrade who fights at 115, and you have Larissa Pacheco who now fights at 155. Whoa. And back in 2014, uh, Jessica Andrade actually finished Larissa Pacheco. Well, you, you got to think, like, what are these girls walking around weights and, and this yeah, and that? They but... fight, they fight, I'm saying, they fight at a 40-pound difference now. But she finished with Jessica Andrade. Well, that was back when Jessica Andrade fought at 135. And Larissa Pacheco, back when she had blonde hair, she had two fights in the UFC. She fought one time in 2014, and she was finished. By I want to see those photos of her with the weight difference now. I I'm interested to see that. I don't know, man. But yeah, she she got finished twice, once by GDR and once by uh, uh, Jessica Andrade. But those losses don't look too bad. In hindsight, and she hadn't had a loss since 2015 until she lost to uh, Kayla Harrison in the opening round. Well, you know what? Kayla also, when she, I think she was 14, 13, 14, or 15 years old, uh, had a judo match with Ronda Rousey back in the day, which she obviously lost because she was right. such a young uh, girl. But it, it almost seems like PFL is the perfect spot for Kayla. I mean, there's a lot I of people agree. that go to the I UFC agree. and they they go in there and they win three fights and they get thrown to the dogs and they get lost in the shuffle and then they just fade away. Mm -hmm. This is good yeah. for Kayla. And we, and we would also be remiss if we didn't bring up the fact that, I mean, the PFL just signed Roman McDonald. I mean, I know a lot of people think he's done, but still, I mean, that's still a high-profile signing for them. That's huge, man. That's the biggest name yeah. they got over there, in my opinion. I mean, Lance Palmer's huge. Ray Cooper, yeah, a uh, big name, but Rory McDonald, come on. That's light years away. Don't get me wrong, I like Ray Cooper a lot. I wouldn't even put him in the top No, you can't. You can't. You cannot do that. Yeah, exactly. So, I think, I mean, Magomed, Magomed Shabripop, or whatever, he fights at 170. I think he got, he had to pull out early in, early in the year, but he, he submitted Ray Cooper in the finals last year. I was there, I man. Think, I was I there, think, yeah. I think, yeah. I think him and Roy McDonald are now the, the 
what's your favorite story next year? You know what, man? There are so many of Ali Abdelaziz's fighters over at PFL. They basically run the damn thing. It's crazy. It's like all three of fighting all over again. <laughs> And hopefully, hopefully that's not their demise. So, uh, mo moving on, I, I do want to yeah. discuss one last thing for PFL. Uh, what were some standout moments on this card oh, for man. our listeners? Oh, I have a Kia. Bro, I have a yeah, Kia. Yeah. Bro, Evil Eddie drives a Kia. I want a Kia. said i want a honda i mean i love my kia but you know yeah. you might as well say i want to well, like why not say it? the new tesla i want the new tesla right. i want a right. kia but dude that new tesla truck if it actually ever comes out it's only thirty thousand dollars and it's supposed to be uh bulletproof windows yeah how did you the, see the uh, video i saw i saw the video it was like try it again no no this time just try it again in the video, he was like, yeah, try it again. And you remember when we were hitting the body with a rubber sledgehammer, it still looked like it was pretty, uh, pretty durable. Yeah, I actually liked the fold-out back. Like, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed the forward. It looks crazy. So, Sony became the first MMA champion from Argentina. He defeated Jordan Johnson via ground and pound in the first round. Lance Palmer, Wait, what did he come through with? He had a what injury? him uh, win it because we've we've watched him for how many years now you know what i mean oh man a long time man so last year when we got out of uh pfl after the ball dropped and we went backstage we did the you know the uh backstage presser and all that interviewing them we went outside and it was me lance palmer 
Joseph Benavidez, uh, Lindsey Van Zant, um, Carrie Steller, and um, James Krause. We're all standing outside, uh, just catching a breath, and Lance puts the belt around his waist, and he goes, that guy and a little belt. Like, he was just so happy. Got a million dollars. He's got the girlfriend, which, I, I don't know. There's a lot of people that don't feel for his girlfriend. Bro, him and his girlfriend are the coolest couple. Like, if, if you know them, like, they're, they're just so cool. That whole group are just... Those are that's the lunch table you want to sit at. Him, Joseph Benavidez, Kraus. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> they don't get him any competition. He's be making one million dollars a year every year for the foreseeable future. Just um, imagine that. Freaking strong man, and just has the gas tank, man. And, How many I mean, fighters in the yeah, UFC people, made a million dollars this year? People, I saw people talking shit saying that all he did was wrestle and this and that. I don't care. With a million dollars on the line... What would you do line, for a million dollars? The, the no, people yeah, saying that would, would, would lick their... Do to win. And if your wrestling's working and the guy can't stop your takedowns, why would you stay on the field and take a chance of a flash KO or something? Fuck that, man. Keep doing what's working. The people that are talking smack about Lance Palmer's wrestling, I wonder what they would do for a million dollars in front of them. I wonder if if somebody went just wrestle this guy and I'll give you a million dollars and and would you do it? And yet these people are going, oh he wrestled, bro. You well, would I, lick your great grandmother's tit out of her coffin for a million dollars. Get out of my <laughs> face! Exactly. Come on. Exactly. And probably the fighters tickle your father's balls. Like get out of here, man. Yeah, people, people would, people would molest little children for a million dollars. Like, there's so many sick people out there. All Lance Palmer had to do was wrestle. That's it. That's why there's people that talk shit about Eddie Alvarez. I can appreciate. I can appreciate all. Like I said, if you don't like to watch wrestling, don't fucking watch kickboxing. Well, Donnie, look at Eddie Alvarez when he came to the UFC. People were like, oh, he's wrestling, but he's wearing the UFC title. So, yeah, what do you mean? After that, I mean, he took out, I mean, using his wrestling and, I mean, uh, when he's been Anthony Pettis' uh, Achilles heel over the years. Guy who, guys who pressure him with the wrestling and hold him against the cage, and that's what Eddie Alvarez did to him. So, Donnie, before we end PFL's uh, discussion here and move on to the last discussion, just go down the line. I got the website pulled up here for us at PureVolMMA.com. I don't know if you do, but um, can you read off from the top to bottom? The can you read off from top to bottom the results for our listeners really quickly? Yeah. So yeah. So in the showcase fight, um, wasn't a tournament or anything. It was just a showcase showcase fight. Brendan Lockman, uh, you won a comfortable decision uh, against David Valente. Uh, as we mentioned, Sorty uh, first. Argentine MMA champion defeated Jordan Johnson via KO, TKO, uh, ground and pound in the first round. Lance Palmer wrestled his way to a comfortable victory over Alex Gilkin. Natan Schultz defeated Rob Zog Havoff. That dude was, that, that was probably, the, that was a fight tonight for sure. They yeah. fucked each other up, man. Why? I think Schultz Paint the was, picture. Oh, dude, it was just a, it was just a war, man. I mean, this guy just takes these shots together, they were fighting in a phone booth, the, the difference ended up being Schultz had the gas tank, I think 
Did you guys hop off? I rocked him off. He came out in the first two rounds, man, and he was taking heavy shots. And the Tom Schultz hurt him in the first round. Uh, but, man, they just kept building. They were just, Rod that, that had to jump off. That dude's good, man. Like, he's really good. And, what a uh, weird last name. R-A-D-Z-H-A-B-O-V. <laughs> like, what's yeah, that, the American alphabet, bro? Yeah, it's hard. Right? It's tough, but Rad Zibov, but he's a tough dude, man. Like, I think what won the fight for Shulte was the, uh, was the low cap kicks, man. He hurt him badly with some kicks. He stopped him a couple times with his get on top and uh, secure top. with what you're saying. I'm pulling up uh, Twitter and uh, look at that fight. They were throwing bombs at each other. Like, I was wondering why I was like, Schultz got out of bed on Schultz. Get the hell out of there, man. Quit fucking... He was heavy uppercuts and he was just walking forward with his... Like, he don't want to do this stuff. He was just turtling up, walking forward, eating... Like 49, 40, 49, 46. One judge had it 49, 45. So one had it 10 round, and then one judge had it, I think, 48, 47. Yeah, I saw that. One judge had it. Wait, say that again, because one judge had it pretty I, I'm, I'm crazy. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure two judges had it. Like, one judge had it 49, 46, which means four rounds to one. I think the round they had to give Rad the ball was probably the. Didn't the one judge round. have it at like 44, though? Yeah, it might have been 49, 44, 49, 46, and then 57, 3 from the 2 to 1. I only won that game, Brad's also the second round. Oh, got, okay, so um, here's the actual card right here. 49, 44, 48, 47, 49, 46. First card, yeah, the 49, 44. Yeah. 49, 46, that's two 10-8 rounds. I don't know, excuse me, that's one 10-8 round. And then, uh, or 50-45 would be five rounds or something. Yeah, yeah, it's one 10-8 round. And then, uh, it's like four rounds. One judge had it, three rounds or two. I guess you could see the fifth round, but I honestly thought he only won the second round. How crazy is that? No, the first judge gave Two of okay, the fourth and fifth, eight and eight for Luke. Oh, there was no. Uh, uh, the third and fourth round, they gave Luke eight. Ten eight. Two ten eight rounds for uh, Luke losing against uh, Schultz. So Schultz won two rounds, the third and fourth, ten eight and ten eight for the first two. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. That's. Do you agree with that? Guy? You agree with that, Donnie? Yeah, uh, Nathan Schultz won the third and fourth round, 10-8, 10-8 against his opponent. Yeah, I'm not sure about, I'm not sure about two 10-8s. I mean, I, I could see maybe... I said the same thing, eight. yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, don't, I, I don't remember any round being close to 10-8. I mean, he heard him in... Agree. Nathan Schultz, Nathan Schultz heard him in the first round, but the first round was still pretty competitive. I, I mean, Nathan Schultz, I think, that round, I think, 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 I think
I think he the Rams properly. The third, fourth, and fifth, I thought short one. But I didn't see anything that could be a two. I, I guess maybe because he dropped him a couple times with leg kicks. You want to hear what people on Twitter said? Uh, yeah. So this is from Victor uh, at V-I-C-T-O-M-M-A-T-I-N-G. says, thought the second round could have been a 10-8. Oh, well, the right man won, in my opinion. Uh, half true history said, bad judge. And this is the best one. Sergio Bargan says, were the judges drinking? <laughs> That's the best one right there. Because... Yeah, I didn't really think the second round was the same. I think the second round was one. It's crazy. Uh, let's, let's look at this. Hold on. Did any of the other judges give any of the those rounds to... To me, Rasmus won the second. If I, if I remember correctly, I thought he won the second. Yeah, he won the second on all judges' scorecards. Correct. Yeah, that was his list. Okay, so okay. my memory serves me. And then another, another judge must have given him... 48 47 judge must have given him the fifth. The fifth. Oh, yeah, one judge gave him the fifth round, the second judge. Please, yeah. that was the only, that was the only other round I could see that Razzabuff could have won. This is an fifth, issue, Donnie. This still, is an I, issue. I still personally had a This is a huge issue, man. We still are battling with. Yeah, In 2020. It's like the Kobe Covington was on fight. He had it 3-1. The one judge had it 2-2, two, two, and then you look at this fight. We can't talk about it because it's good enough. We can't talk about it because it's a good decision, though, right? If it did, yeah. No, we... Wait, hold on. What's the next fight? It's uh, Ali Azev versus Jared, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he finished Jared Rusho in the fourth round. I'm not going to lie. That, that fight was a bit of a snooze in, in a way. Okay, TKO um, at 409. He, he, he won all three rounds, in my opinion. He just, I mean, Jared Rusho is a three-time All-American at, uh, at Oklahoma State University. And he got ragdolled like he never I 
and assign to major organizations out of that small little region in Russia. It's just it's crazy. Those guys bring home a million dollar check. Like that's oh, people yeah, forget man. I mean, how many like I was talking about before Donnie when I I didn't bring it up on the podcast yet, but last year when I was um covering PFL, this is the first year of the last there this year I, when there's families that are around the the media it could be awkward because you're sitting there you're watching the fighter's girlfriend you're watching the fighter's mom or father or little sister there reacting to every punch everything and yeah, Ray- man, Rochelle's family well, it's Rochelle's family and he ended up getting finished by ground and pound and it was, it was kind of sad Wait, what you're you're saying that they are highlighting that on the broadcast? Oh, no, they, well, that was, yeah, well, they kept showing Gerald Richard's family during the fight. Yeah. Did, yeah because I think because it was probably, you know, a fight that contained a lot of, did you know, taking Richard down and just kind of... Well, here's the now. issue, though, Donnie. So it, it, it would kind of pan away from the, the fight and show Richard's family and the CMT TK over the fourth I mean, it's kind of sad. I mean, he's an aging fighter. It's no, it's mystery to anybody out there listening to this right now or watching any sport that we crave drama. You could keep the cameras on the fight the whole time, but what's going to make it more interesting? These are the talks that go on backstage. These are the talks that go on in between each event. How can we make it more interesting for the people viewing at home? How can we make in, uh, social media more interesting? Just look at social media. People crave drama. You have a million dollars on the line. You have the family there in the crowd. So last year when I was there, I had Ray Cooper's family next to, or behind me, right? Ray Cooper's brother. He's sitting there. Ray Cooper's brother is behind me. Watch his brother from a little boy from Little League all the way through elementary, middle school, high school, go through prom, get picked on, go dreams, make sacrifices, not show up for holidays, not being able to be there for uh, some family um, priorities. And that's big for that culture that they grew up in. And now you have a shot to win a million dollars? They almost yeah, kicked lost, Ray Cooper's brother. Lost, Donnie, and, they almost kicked Ray Cooper's... Finals. You got submitted in the finals, and you had a chance at redemption this year after getting knocked out. Donnie, they almost kicked out Ray Cooper's brother. And I sat back and thought, hold on a second. You are sitting here with the camera on the family. You know... What's at stake? Because you made these stakes. You have a million dollars on the line. And you're filming the family's reaction to what they're going to react when the fight's ended or thrown to a decision. You're going to throw his brother out? I can see see right before the fight and things like that. And I do like how, like, the PFL and that's the one knock I have against the UFC is that in a lot of ways they're not telling these guys stories. You know, like a lot of these fighters, people forget that they're not just. Well, after Mayhem Miller kind of uh, started a a, a scruff on national television, after Mayhem Miller, after Mayhem Miller started a a scruffle on on national television, they kind of backed away from 
focusing on the drama or bringing yeah. people in, in I mean, the cage, I don't, I don't unless it's Brock Lesnar. I mean, I know they do it for the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series and stuff like that, but, I mean, what's the one not going to happen on the UFC, but they do have, you know, 600 fighters or whatever, but... Yeah, there's a I lot. I think that people could, could uh, you know, like, adapt. That's why I guess I'm so close to Jerry Gordon, and, you know, he's, like, a, such an inspiration to me, but... Well, know, I know this is a little bit off topic. I know it's a little bit off topic. Uh, this kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, drama between... Verdum and Edmund Tverdian. Have you seen mm-hmm. Edmund Tverdian at all in 2019? Where where's he been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He coaches Edmund Sabazian, that really talented young kid. He's been he's been deep. He, he, I think Ed, I think Ed Movement, Ed Movement. I think Edmund Tverdian keeps his mouth shut a lot more. I remember uh, when Verdum fought uh, Travis Brown. Yeah. Um, Verdine tried to kick Tarverdine <laughs> after the fight, but, uh, Camera now. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, say that, but, you know, think that some people that she's not, oh. professional boxers and sparring and shit like that, and then, you know, she's going in there. And trying to outbox well, obviously, him. like to back him up, he's trying to promote. To back him up, he's trying to promote his girl. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I interviewed, yeah. you know, fighters that talked with him or on Ultimate Fighter with all the drama and stuff like that, and they just said he's 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 a weirdo. He's a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. This time he finished uh, Alistair Overeem. People say he, he went there just for Ronda. What's that? People say he yeah. went there just for Ronda. Yeah, once he left, yeah, probably just, did. But once well, he left there, this dude was one of the most promising heavyweights. I mean, he even had his own knockout after everything guys. He was good head. back in the day, Donnie. You remember that? He he was yeah. at that weight class, moving like a middleweight. Like, he looked yeah, great. Yeah, like those are those are the Travis Brown elbows when when someone would try to get in on a double leg against the cage, and they would knock him out with those elbows. Somebody runs a huge win, and then he moved to Glendale. Brandon Schaub, he knocked out. Like I mean, Brandon Schaub was you know obviously hot and cold sometimes, everything, but everything he was, was just a killer man. Travis Brown was a killer, and I, I'll yeah, never forget. What was it? The I still, I still remember he fought Derek Lewis. And he fucking kicked. Derek oh my Lewis God! Derek Lewis almost gave up. Yeah, he kicked Derek Lewis in the stomach, and the next thing you know, he like almost like Travis Brown did. That was a huge win yeah, for Derek, Derek Lewis, Lewis man. Derek Lewis came after the fight that he won. <laughs> that was that showed the heart in Derek Lewis. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was at the edge of my seat saying. It just got to his head. I don't know what happened, man. You know what he's doing yeah, now, yeah. though? Yeah. You know what he's doing now, yeah. though, Donnie? Oh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen them the time. Like, he's doing little horror movies. movies. He's he. They're always, they're always working on a farm, like. Well, which is it's kind of cool. Farm, 
What's that? It's it's kind of cool, but you know what? I want me yeah. and you to do a reaction, um, kind of like a Mystery Science Theater three thousand to. Okay, so him and Rhonda just released a horror movie, which is like a funny kind of horror. It's called Tables. I think that's the name of it. Tables, where it's a killer picnic tables. And him and Tra or Rhonda and Travis are going around battling killer picnic tables. That's what Travis Brown and Rhonda are doing right now. I heard about the I heard about the movie. I saw on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere right now. Sorry. Well, I'll pull like, it up I later. He has like three kids. He has like three kids or something. And like Rhonda's like on mommy duty all the time. It looks like based on the she's video. Trying like, to, she's uh, trying to have a baby, I think, right? She left the huh? WWE. Rhonda left the WWE. I think she said she's trying to have a child. I mean, that's a lot to do. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if she's gotten, uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen any updates with her as lately. I don't know if I, I just know that they're always, always doing something. Pigs and, pigs and shit on the farm and stuff like that. Well, I mean, here's the other thing, Donnie, I, that just is crazy. If you're working for the WWE, they stay on the road all year long. That's a lot of work. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, people like Ronda Rousey and, I mean, I think a lot of the, I mean, I don't, I'm not really in that world. People know on Twitter that I hate WWE, but. She doesn't need to do that, though. Know. I think there's a lot of people in the WWE that resented her because, you know, they were, all, they were always on the road, you know, 49, 50, 50 weeks out of the year, and here she comes from out of nowhere and making way more, you know, they put in their dues, you know, for 20 years to try to pursue this WWE career, and she comes out of nowhere and she only has to show up for the big show. She's the CM Punk yeah. of the WWE and CM Punk's yeah. the yeah. Ronda Rousey of the UFC, yeah. 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 <laughs> Like Brock Lesnar, like she probably yeah. everyone else is, you know, yeah. cramped up in business class while she's riding first class to every show. And it happens, man. It happens. Making so much money, but that's the know, American the greed, time, bro. That's American yeah, greed. Capitalism, capitalism, isn't it? I mean, exactly. Sells, so. so, Donnie, before we end this, um, just to rewind a little bit, uh, PFL. Let's end it on the PFL, and I got one more thing to talk about really quick. Uh. What would you rate PFL? Oh, oh, what's that? What would you rate PFL? I mean, what was the fight of the night uh, for you? Oh, fight and of the, night was, the fight of the night, I, I guarantee nobody can disagree that it was Nate Town Schultz versus that Rags the Ball. That was the best fight. And then Ray Cooper the third um, in the co main event, he got rocked by Bashad. I mean, and he ate it though, and uh, he hurt uh, Bashad, David Bashad with a body shot and ended up finishing him. Rashad was down on the ground in pain for a while. So that was a good fight. I, oh, I would man. say the Todd the Schultz um, versus Radziboff was the fight tonight, and Ray Cooper fight was good for while it lasted. And then the main event, obviously, Taylor Harrison defeated Larissa Pacheco uh, via unanimous decision. Last uh, comment I want to make on that um, I saw somebody tweet out over at MMA Sucker saying that there were basically hundreds and hundreds of tickets that were still available for sale leading up five days before the event. It, from what you saw, did it seem like the place was full? No. 
I mean, it was pretty cool seeing Mike Tyson there. I mean, to me, it seemed like most of the family has been there. The no, I, I'm saying for the crowd, was was the uh, venue full of, of fans? No. No. No, I mean, like I said, it seemed more like family members, to be honest with you. It seemed more like what? Like the family members of the fighters. Family okay. members, yeah. Which close in the 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 very close sections. Yeah. It's but, not the, I mean, yeah. That's, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I really didn't pay attention to, the, you know, I really didn't look at the crowd too much, but I, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, I think the, they used the smaller, the smaller venue in Madison Square Well, yeah, it's not that small. big, Donnie. If you saw the UFC 205 press conference, that's the same place that they had tonight's event. Yeah, yeah, it's not smaller, that big. The smaller, of, uh, in, the smaller venue inside of Madison Square Garden. And exactly. Who knew theater? Hulu Theater is what it is. It's Madison Square yeah, Garden, there you go, there you go. but it's the Hulu Theater is, is what it is. And it's yeah, where they had the okay. UFC 205 press conference, the infamous Eddie Alvarez, um, mm-hmm. Conor McGregor. Uh, last thing I want to discuss before we go here, guys. Um, well, two things, really. Donnie, we won an award for Pure Evil MMA. Um, we won Best Pop Culture References Podcast. So, oh yeah, that's cool. Love that. Also, this is the biggest one yet. We came in the top 10 out of 50 amongst The Fighter and the Kid, Luke Thomas, uh, Bloody Elbow, the, the biggest names, I'll, I'll repost the exact people they're up there with. The top 10 list for Player FM's best Bellator MMA podcasts. Not the best MMA podcast. We did come in the top 50, which we landed in the top 30 of the best MMA podcasts out of the top 50. But we landed in the top 10 of the best MMA or Bellator MMA podcasts, which I'm, bro, there are. Thousands of podcasts oh, out there on oh, MMA. Yeah, I'll take it. Top ten, man, with Luke Thomas, Brendan Schaub, Fighter and the Kid. Fighter and the Kid don't even talk about Bellator, so it, it, it's crazy. It, it's it's just crazy, man. Uh, just being in the top yeah. ten, 2020. Uh, me and Donnie and the rest of the staff. Uh, I mean, we we got a lot to discuss, obviously, at PureVillainMMA.com, but we got a lot of revamping that's going to be going on. A lot more content that's going to be coming out. And a lot more promises that are going to be fulfilled for our listeners out there as well. So, Donnie, before we end this, I do want to discuss this last... Or, hold on. Before we discuss the last thing. Um, we had some requests, Donnie. We had some requests. Okay. We're going to have a contest. Okay. We're having a contest uh, between a couple MMA podcast hosts. Four MMA podcast hosts. Maybe six. They want to do an MMA trivia bracket where we're going to host it. And the winner is going to get a $15 gift certificate for Amazon or iTunes or whatever they want, which PureVillMMA.com will cover, which I actually have the card right here in my wallet, which is somewhere over here. Wait, afterwards, my wallet, bro. But uh, where is my – oh, here it is. Got it right here. And, uh, Donnie, I want you to help me with this. I w- so the oh, way yeah, it's going to yeah, work, uh, one night it's going to be two-on-two. Two. The next night it's going to be two-on-two. Two. And then the third night is going to be the championship uh, night. 
So I'll do the first night. If you can host the second night, I'll I'll teach you how to do it, and then me and you will both host the third night. I think that would be pretty cool for the brand to uh, oh, yeah, to do, and then we'll give well, away a fifteen dollar well, gift certificate. Um, so we'll keep you guys updated with that. So Donnie, last thing I wanted to talk about before we leave, heading into two thousand twenty, we got some pretty exciting cards coming up, man. We got yeah, January eighteenth. That's the first card, the UFC two thirty six, correct? Two forty six. Uh, two twenty six. Two forty six. Two forty. Yeah, you just threw me off. Two forty six. What did I say? Two thirty six. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, I think you said two forty six. <laughs> I was wondering if I correct. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. You were right. I was wrong. Oh, okay. You was I, right. I don't know. Really? Wait, what have you been hearing? Who's on the card? Do you know? Let me, let me take okay. you. You know who's on the card? I know I posted that period on the main. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a very lucrative card uh, for Benny. I think it's crazy. Took it out of context. I think he just I think he dismissed the idea that he would do that. Because it is true that the UFC caught doing that. Cowboy would go to jail. Well, look at Stan. Sister Rand and I were never friends, Donnie. Sister Rand started saying stuff like that. That, you know, UFC was trying to fix things. Somehow it got brought up that Cowboy was going to take five or something. But yeah, if they were ever caught doing that, UFC would lose their license to promote. I mean, it would be done. So, Donnie. I mean, this happened. It happened in, in Russia, I believe. It happened oh, yeah. Else. It happened with uh, bankers' cunts. Went to court. I mean, that's what it is. And so. the crazy thing was that uh, bank was, uh, you know, bribed, but went against it. Instead of throwing the fight, he actually tried to win it. So, uh, yep. so uh, guys, we did release... The first quarter UFC schedule that was released wrote it up. I think, it's a, I think it's a good card, to be honest with you, man. You got open it up with Justin Ledette versus Kamur. Kamur, he's going to be making his UFC debut. Um, JJ Almazo, both are pretty good in adoption, but Still, I think yeah. JJ Aldrich. I think JJ Aldrich, I'll be honest with you, I'm right there right now. Still Aldrich cookie. At, at, at even money, I think JJ Aldrich versus Steve Almazo. This is, guys, this is coming from somebody. Like Donnie has a lot of, uh, what would you say? You're probably about. Seven percent correct in 2019. Yeah, uh, I think it was like 69.5 or something like that. Oh, you get, you get decimals now, huh? Yeah, I think I was like, I think I was like 69.5. <laughs> 
Wait, guys, I'm like Some shit going down in Dagestan, man, that we don't know about. They all got a Aunt Betty or something. Got, Come on. Whoa, whoa, and, say uh, that again. Tim Elliott got submitted by really? self-discipline with him. It really does. Yeah, personally, I'll be honest with you, Maurice Green, I personally don't see him, I don't think he's that dangerous on the feet for a heavyweight, and I think Alexi Olenek can eat his, his shots and get in on him, and 
I think he submits more Ukraine to be honest with you. So, so I actually like I, so so far on this card I like Alexia Linux at plus one oh five. I like Asker Askarov at at minus one fifteen. And I like JJ Aldrich at minus one fifteen. So it's a slight lean to JJ Aldrich against Mazzo. But now I, I can kind of see I can kind of see why fans were, like, expecting more. For a Conor McGregor card, like, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, I mean, there's some, there's some good fights coming up. I mean, you got Macy Barber. She's, like, a minus one. Oh, she's going up against, against Roxy, Roxy right? Perry. It's her Say versus again? Roxy? Yeah, she's, yeah. Macy Barber is, like, a minus 1,000 favorite against Roxanne Monteberry. Whoa. Yeah, Damn. I see a lot of people wanting Macy to lose. And, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think I think Macy's the real deal, man. I think she's. I'm not gonna say a prediction because I have too many friends that like Roxy. Well, so I, like, I agree with you, man. I I, I see Macy. They'll, they'll, they'll give me a 24-hour mute. On 24 hour mute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next up, we have Grant Dawson versus Chaz Skelly. Chaz oh, our Skelly boy Chaz, Queen. man. He's been on the. Okay. He's been on. He's been on Pure Evil MMA uh, three, four times now. He's After cool every dude, fight he's had. Grant Dawson's a good prospect. He uh he trains. He's literally he was in the corner of uh yeah. What's your what's your boy that just fought down in Brazil against uh against um uh, You just talked about him earlier. You were you said you were standing on fire with him. What a training he Joseph Benavides. Uh, Joseph Benavides. Joseph Benavides. No, the one that trains in Kansas City was uh, Megan Anderson. He trains Megan, Megan Anderson. You were, you were talking about how you were standing outside with him. He just fought down in Brazil. Oh, James Krause? He got a knockout win. James Krause. Huh? James Krause? James Krause. There you go. I, I lost my, my train of thought for a second. Man, James I was thinking Krause Megan trained Grant Dawson. <laughs> Grant Dawson is like his protege. And Grant Dawson was actually in James Krause's corner when he knocked out um, Sergio Moraes down in Brazil. But Grant Dawson... The minus 200 favorite against Chaz Kelly. Wow. Honest, well, Chaz is coming uh, off an injury, I think, right? In his last fight? Okay. I, I think Chaz is coming off a very controversial loss in his last fight and an injury. Well, uh, no, Chaz Kelly won his last fight, but before that, he came, he was, uh, it was a controversial loss against Bobby Moffitt. It was a controversial uh, um, submission. Like, he, uh, the, the ref thought he was out when he wasn't out. That's was like right. Yeah, he came on the podcast. He came on here on on this podcast and was uh, going crazy about it. Like he he went in on it. I'll uh, I'll insert yeah, a clip for you guys. Actually, pretty cool. He got caught in a submission. I think yes, he got caught in a submission in his last fight, and uh, he did like a front flip to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 It was actually pretty cool. Um, who He's did he good fight people. in his last fight? Oh, Jordan Griffin's also been out here on this podcast. Yeah, but Jordan, oh. they caught him in like a like front choke or something, and Chaz Kelly did a front That's flip right. out of it. That's right. Cool. That was those two was going yeah, up against think, each other. Yeah. I think uh, Grant Dawson's going to win that one. Grant Dawson, he's he's the one that he, he fought. Uh, he's the one that fought Mike Trezano in his last fight. Mike Trezano, he, he's been on this podcast as well. The Lone Wolf, bro. Yeah. Yeah, he gave Mike Trezano his first <laughs> loss. He uh he submitted Mike Trezano. Shout out uh New York um 
What's what's his jam? He so trains he, over I with like, uh. Like uh, uh, Dan, Dan and Shaq at BestFightPicks.com. They have a, a podcast called. Uh, he trains at Tiger Solomon's. Uh, he trains at Tiger Solomon's. He trains at Tiger Solomon's with Shane Burgos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jimmy Rivera. Uh, but no, but yeah, he's he's had he's had Chess Kelly on. He's a really cool dude. He, he likes the bet a lot too. And, all uh, those guys are going to be on him. UFC 246? Donnie, okay. all those guys are on UFC 246? Yeah. Oh, guys, for those of you guys listening, we're going to reach out to every single one of them that have been on here before and talk to them. Uh, yeah. I have their t- Alexa, the next fight is Alexa Grasso versus Claudia Gadelia. I'm nervous about that, yeah. Donnie. I'm nervous. I had a... I had a Bite my lip right there. Claudia is in yeah, such well, a tough position right now where she needs yeah, a win so bad. Yeah. Yeah, she's a, she was actually a bigger favorite, but now it looks like a lot of money's come in on Alexa Grosso. And now I think Claudia opened up as like a. Let's see what she opened up as. She opened up as a minus 190 favorite. And up until even a couple of days ago, she was. Minus 140 favorite, but now it's right around the pick'em with a slight lean to Claudia Gadelia. Well, here's the thing. Fight. That's a tough fight. I mean, Claudia Gadelia, this will be her second camp in New Jersey with Mark Henry. It's been and, a lot of changes for her, yeah. Yeah, she was bouncing all over the place, man. I mean, I'm not going to make any accusations, but when things started going downhill for a lot of guys and gals down at uh, Nova Unit, yeah. Nobody knew now, down in Brazil. Who knows, but yeah, I don't know if she was messing with, uh, you know, a little bit busy with Brian Ortega. Hey, oh, 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 Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Don't gotta get me jealous already in 2020, no, bro. Not, bro, yeah, my first, now, Donnie, my first emotion in 2020 is jealousy now. Now I'm jealous of Brian Ortega. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I think Claudia Gadelia had a choice. Yeah. this really quick Donnie um, between her and Ioana between Claudia and Ioana obviously Ioana going to get the title shot again she doesn't have much to lose if she loses but Claudia she's sinking lower and lower but she's still up there but there's a lot of people on Twitter and social media saying this is just the females catching up I gotta disagree I think there's just a lot going on in Claudia's life that she just needs to come back together. I, I think that was a good move in New Jersey with uh, opening up her own gym. Yeah, she she started to gas and stuff in fights. In the last fight, 
Well, she, the Andrade fight was a little strange. Oh, she got fast beat against Andrade. And yeah. she was like a minus 265 favorite, or it opened up at like a minus Claudia looked Andrade weird there. Andrade picked her ass up and slammed her, but then she fought Carla Esparza, and she was like a minus 500 favorite, and that was a close-ass fight. Claudia barely escaped the decision, but a lot of people thought Carla Esparza won. And I think uh, Esparza had... Um, that should have been a gimme. Well, I think she. No, I think Carlos Barza had uh, accused Claudia Gadelia of greasing. Wait, say that again. She had, she had what? What's that? Say, say that one more time. I said Carlos Barza had, had accused Claudia Gadelia of greasing. <laughs> you hear me? Uh, no. Yeah, I heard. I heard you, but. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm just telling what Carlos Esparza, like, it was a close fight, and some people thought Carlos Esparza won the fight, but, like I said, Carlos Esparza, she... I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of biased game. there. I'm kind of biased there because yeah. I just, I love Claudia, so... Me too, man. She's fucking hot, too. She's the... She's the gust of sin. She's oh, I feel Vita has a big upset because Claudia was like a minus 400 favorite against Nina. But I think we all just got figured out how good Nina was. Like, yeah, Nina was I really agree, good. man. I totally agree. Because I didn't realize how good she was. Yeah. yeah her kickboxing is, is, is crisp and her takedown defense has improved a lot. I mean, I mean, a lot of people thought, and I still believe Tatiana Suarez is a future champion. And it was looking 100. like Tatiana Suarez was going to get the next title shot. But... I think a lot of people, when she fought Nina Andrew, especially that third round, Tatiana was able to get the win 29-28 on all scorecards, and she obviously won the first two rounds, but she got she got kind of tired in the third round. I think she said she hurt, injured her neck, but Nina Andrew kind of put it on Tatiana in that third round. No, Tatiana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then Claudia fought Random Marcos. I mean, a lot of people said it was a boring fight, but... It was the first fight in a long time where it didn't, where Claudia Cadelia didn't seem to gas, and so, and she fought a smart fight, and she she easily beat Random Marcos. I know a lot of people who bet on Random Marcos, and I didn't think it was too smart of an idea, but because they fight kind of similar, I just see Claudia Cadelia as a better, as just overall better everywhere. But yeah, and so it's really, this is a big fight for for Claudia Cadelia. I mean. If she wants any chances of getting back in the title picture, I mean, it's a, it's a big fight for her. I mean, you got Rose, she's probably going to be coming back into the picture. So, you have Yolanda. Which I'm excited for. Rose come back. Because that last fight that she had where she lost her title was, you know, even Claudia brought it up that that move was pretty dangerous. I mean, throwing Rose on her neck, basically, it's uh, oh, yeah. I held Some my schoolyard. She was lucky. She was lucky. She was fine, but I don't know, man. That was, it was pretty scary looking, to be honest with you. So, Donnie, really quick, it, just to end this off here for everybody. And then the last, the last three fights on UFC 246, uh, actually, yeah, Nacrat, Nacrat, Hackparaz, he's a really good prospect, man. He's really, really good. Fighting Drew Dober. Oh, Nacrat, wow. Uh, Hackparaz is the one that looks like, uh, 
Kelvin Gastorp's twins. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then we have uh, Mom's got some explaining to do. What's that? Mom's got some explaining to do for Kelvin. Right? Yeah. That's shit, right? And then Holly Holm fights for Kel Payton. Whoa, that's the all the way event. down at the bottom? No, there's a third fight from the top. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, so Holly Holm, they, they uh, uh, yeah, like our curtain jerkers for the co-main event. Holly yeah. Holm fights Rocky. And then Anthony Pettis fights Diego Fiera. Man, Diego Ferreira has looked so good, man. I, especially ever since he moved down there to Texas under, uh, under, uh, man, what the hell? Man, well, a plug. Well, my co-host James McSweeney just opened up his gym out in up, uh, I think it's Plano, Texas. Uh, I believe opening up uh, this week. Brand new gym, all all new facility, but uh, yeah, UFC two hundred six, not that bad. But I would expect a little bit more to kick off the year, you know. Especially the last couple of years, we had Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Condit. Those cars were stacked. Last year we had um, Sohudo versus TJ Dillashaw. That card was pretty decent, and you would expect the Conor McGregor card to be loaded, but uh, it, it's pretty decent for the diehards. But expecting a little bit well, more. Yeah, ever since uh, Carlos, uh, excuse me, ever since Diego Pierre moved down to Fortis in the May, dude, he looked so Fortis. good in the last fight. Yes, yes. Fortis. Like, Fortis, was, right? He was Fortis, yeah, Fortis in the May. He Fortis. was a big underdog. He was like a minus three eighty five underdog against uh the last time we saw Diego Pierre was against uh Maribach Tysonoff. And uh Tysonoff was a huge favorite. He had lost in like five or six years and Diego Pierre they fought on the UFC 242, uh, the Khabib versus Poirier card. And, uh, uh, out in, um, Dubai or wherever the hell it was at. Um, yeah, I interviewed, uh, Dustin's coach. I believe that was in Dubai. I think you're right, right? Something like that. It was somewhere out there. Uh, UAE, UAE. Uh, Shout I, out to I, coach, I uh, Phil Daru. It was just one of those, but. Um, yeah, he fought Maribyte Tyson off, and that was, like, a great a great performance. And now it looks like Anthony Pettis is getting no respect, man, from the bookies because uh, Anthony Pettis is a pseudo... Is a man, pseudo what a year dog. Pettis had knocking out Wonder Boy with a Superman punch in 2019. Remember that? Thing is, man, every time Anthony Pettis has taken, like, has fought, like, the elite fighters... Hot and cold, hot and cold. On, but every time he's fought in these kind of spots right here... He's had big, fight, big finishes and shit, man. So I think there's a little bit of value on Anthony Pettis at plus 200, man. So, Donnie, I just want to... The main event is Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone. And Conor McGregor... I want to ask you, yeah. What do you think about that fight? What do you think about that main Conor event? Conor McGregor opened as a minus 190 favorite. And he's already been gut up to a minus 320 favorite. If Donald Cerrone hits like... Plus 350 or above, I'll bet Donald Cerrone. I think Donald Cerrone has more ways to win, but I'm picking Conor McGregor to win by first round. Has it kicked in? Has it kicked in for you yet? Like, does it feel real yet? Are you excited yet? Because it's not for me. It it hasn't kicked in yet. No, I'm not really nauseous because I guess because we haven't got any press conferences or anything like that. And they're not doing it, right? They're not doing it until. Not until fight week. They're doing one. They're doing one fight week. 
Weird. What, what does that tell you, though? It tells you that Conor McGregor seems more focused, right? I mean, he was showing up yeah, to that, press conferences that, drunk off his ass Dana promoting White, whiskey. Dana White, Dana White was asked this question, and he said, no, it's not that Conor doesn't want media obligations. He would have come if we would have asked him to. I think what it tells you is, is that Dana White in the UFC doesn't want him being asked tough questions. Well, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I, I just feel like Connor's focused at this point, and I feel like for so long he turned into the guy that people wanted to tune in, not mostly for his fights, but to see what he's going to say at the press conferences, which I'm guilty of right now. Like I want that, you know, I want to watch a press I, I wonder, conference. I mean, I wonder if he's even in the U.S. I mean, I don't know how he's done that. I know, like back in the day, he was doing like his last six, six weeks in Vegas. There's a lot of preparation yeah, that goes into the shit talking too that people forget. That's not just off the top yeah. of his head all the time. Right. Well, yeah, they're not going to do a press conference too at the beginning of the week. But how I break down this fight is is that Cowboy Cerrone, if he throws one right hand, just one right hand, he's going to get knocked out. Because the thing is, is that Cowboy Connor is so good at hand fighting with guys, and what he does is he traps that lead hand on Orthodox fighters. You heard Eddie Alvarez talk about this exact but, thing. But he, yeah, but he traps that lead hand on guys. Their jabbing hand. And Cowboys actually developed a pretty good jab. But the thing is, is that, no, I don't think there's, I don't think I've analyzed a better fighter in all of the MMA history that I've ever analyzed that has a better pull counter left hand than Conor McGregor. Thank, thank you. There's so many... Donnie, there's so many people that just love to rag on Connor. They don't give him the respect he really does deserve. Take away everything that happens outside the cage. Take away all the shit talking. Look at him as a fighter and tell me you're not impressed. No, I, I, yeah, for sure. But the, the problem is, is that like, it's hard to gauge from the Khabib fight because the thing is, is that it's so hard to bring your feet with you when you punch. It's hard to sit down on your punches against Khabib because... He's on your legs. What are you gauging there, though? You're gauging Connor against other people who lost to Habib. There's no one that no, beat Habib. Is, like, well, I'm just saying from like, a pure technical standpoint. Like, Connor, like, if you watch him back in the day, like, he was so... Like, when he got in the octagon, you could just feel it. Like, he was playing touch butt, butt in the park with that fucking coach. And that coach, to me, was, like, vital in his life. Like, that movie Ido Portal? Yeah, like he was like, he was like, that movie coach to me was pretty vital to Connor. Thank you. I'm happy you I mean, said that fights, too. Yeah, but the thing is, like, these fights, like, think about how much pressure was on, like, on Connor to perform, and he gets in the octagon and he's so fucking loose. Like, look at him in the Eddie Alvarez fight, and look at him in the, the, uh, he, looks great great fight. he is so fucking loose, and when he comes out, he's like, he's like, it's almost like he's floating on a cloud, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way he moves, his movement is just so beautiful. But then, ever since that boxing match, even when I see him, like, I've seen little sparring videos, his movement seems much more... He becomes like more flat-footed, right? Exactly, a lot more flat-footed, a lot more plodding. And so, I still think if Cowboy just throws one right hand, he's going to get knocked out, because Cowboy Connor is going to trap his seat in, and he's going he's to force... Cowboy to throw a right hand, and he's getting, Connor's going to see the right hand coming from a mile away, and he's going to counter him with a huge left hand, and probably put him down. 
And that's what Eddie Cowboys, Alvarez was saying. He was like, Cowboys I've never seen a fighter so accurate like yeah, I saw with thing, Connor. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, we, people don't know if Connor's power translates to 170. But the thing is, he weighed 168 versus ADS. ADS has one of the most legendary chins in, in all of UFC, in UFC history. Well, in the great history, as a legendary chin. He dropped... He dropped him like what three times in that second fight? Yeah, and you know what? Also, Donnie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If he lands that same shot on Cowboy Cerrone, Cowboy Cerrone's going down. Wait, I don't. You cannot say Cowboy. I mean, Cowboy has a good chin, but he does not have the chin that he has. You know what else, Donnie? In that first fight with him and Nate, people forget Connor had Nate busted up, bleeding. So oh, Connor was, started putting it all on yeah. the fact that he thought he could get the ref to call the fight from a cut from Nate because he was so yeah. bloody well, I mean, and he yeah, gassed I mean, himself out. Like that, like every single fight he had been in other than the, uh, other than, you know, he went to the second round with Chad Bendez, but nobody's been able to take his, like, you know, like, uh, Joe Rogan famously said, it, you know, on the, on the, on, when he said, he said it later on after the, after the DS fight, he said, that left hand shot, it just seems like one of those shots, Milker, he just kind of just can't believe how hard he can hit you with that left hand when he was fighting Eddie Alvarez. He's like, and, you know, uh, other, other coaches have called it like the kiss of death or a touch of death or whatever. And the thing is, is that if he hits, I think if he catches Cowboy with the same shot he was taking Nick Diaz with, that puts Cowboy away. The thing is, though, you saw when he dropped Nate Diaz, Connor didn't follow Nate Diaz to the ground. He followed Eddie Alvarez to the ground. He didn't follow Nate Diaz to the ground because Nate Diaz was jiu-jitsu so good. Donnie, I'm getting excited now. Now I'm now I'm starting to feel. But imagine if Connor drops Cowboy Cerrone, but doesn't put him out. Did he fall to the ground? Because I don't. I mean, you watch. Oh yeah, then you go back to watch what happened to Mike Perry when he did that. Go see what happened to Mike Perry. Go see. Check that out. Pretty much everyone. He submitted Alex Oliveira or Charles Oliveira to Bronx. I mean, Charles to Bronx Oliveira. Has the most submissions in UFC history. On paper, he's the greatest submission artist the UFC's ever seen. Uh, Cowboy submitted him. He submitted Barboza. He submitted Montgomery. I mean, he. And the thing is, is that I think what Cowboy would be very smart to do is, is that he should immediately, like, as soon as the fight starts, he should get in on on Kyle McGregor. Is he though? He's a slow is, starter most of the time. I know, I know he is. And the thing is, you have a guy who's notorious for slow start and probably the fastest starter in UFC history. That's what I was getting to about the Nate first Nate fight. So many guys were dropping, like, twice, yeah, left hand, and I think he just, you know, I mean, I think he just, he was fighting heavier than he's used to. But he's, it looks like he's built a lot of muscle for this fight. It just looks huge, man. I don't know if that's going to help his cardio, but the thing is, is that to me, he has, I mean, history tells us he has eight to ten minutes to finish Cowboy. The longer this fight goes, the better it is for Cowboy. Uh, yeah. I Cowboy, I would immediately get him on the clinch. I think Cowboy, well, like, hold on, Donnie. Hold on, Donnie. Donnie. Because let's not forget what Connor learned after the first Nate fight. Because Connor was losing, what, the, the third round? Came back to win the fourth and fifth of the second fight. So I know. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, you know, he doesn't have a finish. He, he has a better round. shot. So yeah, I'm, I'm I see. Not I know. He can't win a decision. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that history tells us that he's most likely, 
his best chance of winning is in that first eight to ten minutes because he doesn't have a finish past the second round in, in his entire. No one's going to deny that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So I, I just think that like Cowboy, I think Cowboy's what six one and Connor's like five nine, and so. I don't think anyone can argue that Cowboy's Muay Thai is much well, better than the UFC. He can wear, he can wear, he can put his weight on Connor. And the thing is, like, he just, to me, he just needs to be smart. Like, Cowboy is notorious for not being smart in these big fights. This is the truth. He chokes in these big fights, and he's not, he's never been, he's never been, he's never fought very smart in these big fights. That's why like, I said can, this was a smarter fight for Connor to take against Cowboy than advantage in this fight. But to me, if, if I was Cowboy, I would immediately get in on Connor and push him back against the fence, get him to the clinch, you know, get heavy on him, you know. Connor's not Rick's story him, either. Just make, him, just make him carry his weight. And I know Connor has better take, has great takedown defense. I know the takedown defense is better than people give him credit for. Thank you. But, but Cowboy does have a sneaky double leg. I mean, he's taken down pretty much everybody that he's trying to take down including yeah, that's the thing that interests me, though, Donnie. Is Cowboy going to imply his game, or is he going to be second-guessing himself? That's what I'm excited to see. Yeah, but even if he, even if he doesn't get the takedown, just the threat of the takedown could just put something in the back of Cowboy or Connor's mind, and at least make him, make him think about it. But I think Cowboy has more ways to win, but I still think Connor gets the first round knockout. I think he trapped that weekend. I see it, too. Cowboy telegraphs the right tele- I think Cowboy telegraphs the right hand and Connor sits him down. But what would be most interesting is if he does drop Cowboy in the first round, whether he decides to fall him to the ground or not. Like that's what if he isn't able to put him out but he just drops him. I mean, it's just it's intriguing to me. Donnie, it's I, going we down. Kind of know Connor's game plan, like we, we, we wonder if he's gonna be the same Connor or not. But I'm intrigued. I'm Cowboy feeling like it's gonna be the same Connor. We're, we're going to see old uh, school Connor. Even his co- his manager, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Aziz? Uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, oh, Hattar? What the hell is his name? I know his name, but I can't think of it. Aziz Hattar? Oh, what the hell is his name? I can't. Oh, I, oh uh, Adi Hattar. Adi Hattar. Okay, so he was saying, I see the fire back in Connor. We'll see what happens, because like we were talking about earlier in the podcast with Edmund Tiverti. Of course, they're going to represent their fighters. So, with that being said, guys, let us know what you think. Nobody be dumb enough to bet Connor at minus 320, bro. That's where he's currently at. Do not bet Connor at minus 320. Just don't do it. If you're going to bet Connor, bet him by knockout. That's his only that's just basically his only chance of winning. Yeah, I, I want to see the people betting Connor by submission win. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. People do it, though. That's the craziest part. People I, I, do it. I, I, Go to I, I, topology. I'm like doing a plus 20,000 probably. The nearest probably $5 match on it. Let's, let's do a like bet. <laughs> let's do a bet. I guarantee at least 10% of people pick. Conor McGregor to win by submission against Cowboy on Tapology come imagine, fight night. Imagine if he drops Cowboy and he rains down punches on him on top and Cowboy t- taps and strikes. <laughs> That'd be some crazy decision if, if Conor got a, a technically got a submission. Yo, I'm just excited more now. I'm I'm more excited now than I was before this podcast. Just hearing us get into it, and that's yeah, what I feel like it's been yeah, missing. I, the thing is, I'm so intrigued to see where Cowboy. Like, I want to see which cowboy comes out. Like, is it the dumb one that 
he's concerned. I mean, because the thing is, is that he is probably is an elite striker. We forget that. We people forget that and think the Cowboy has going to be an interesting just fight. His striking is just as just as diverse as, as Connor's. Is it? I mean, his fucking high kicks. I mean, we've never seen. I mean, imagine seeing Connor get flatlined by a Cowboy. Well, j- just I go mean, back. Just go back I, to the infamous. I think, we can all, I think we can all argue that the only reason Connor hasn't been KO'd or TKO'd is because, like, let's see that first that first day fight. Connor would have been would have been TKO'd by Nate, but he chose to shoot in and he up his neck. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Connor gave up his neck. A lot of Nate. people would say that. Yes, I I'm but one of them to say if, that. If, too. If, if he wants to fight Masvidal. Like, people are saying that Connor would beat Masvidal. I'm sorry. Oh, they're jumping the gun. Connor, if, Let's get past this fight first. If Connor fought Masvidal, Connor would give Masvidal his neck, and Masvidal would give it back. Like, he would, oh. he would, he would give it right back to him. I like, don't know, yeah. I haven't started but, thinking about that is, yet. Just imagine seeing Connor get flatlined by a hook. Connor can't afford... I, I, I want to end this podcast in a second, guys, but... Uh, Connor cannot afford to lose this fight. He really can't. People are going to no, write man. him off. No, and, it's all like, and it really doesn't matter if people do write him off. He's still a millionaire. He still had an amazing yeah. career. But, and he's only lost, that I would be the only think, third fight he's ever lost in the UFC. I'll be honest with you, I still think it was a bad idea on Connor's part doing this at 170. Oh, I, I thought me, that too at first, too. You, I th- yeah, the fight at 170. To me, make, to me, you make Cowboy cut that extra 15 pounds. Cowboy's getting older now. Every time Cowboy cuts to 155, he looks fucking shitty. He talks all week how he's miserable as hell. And then when he's only happened, when he's only happened to cut to 170, he talks all week how, how happy he is and how he's still able to have a beer and this shit. Well, Donnie, no, 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 don't. Connor, no, do not have a beer. But here's he, no, he, the thing, Donnie. No, Cowboy, Cowboy, Cowboy. Oh, okay, okay, when okay. He's at 170, he's yeah. much more comfortable, obviously. And then when, when you see Cowboy during fight week, Donnie, here's the other thing I want to throw in there is that Cowboy has been more, um, you know, he's been fighting a lot more than Connor has. Connor hasn't been in there in a very long time, going on two years now. Cowboy, Connor has a hell of a chin too, though, because that shot that dropped Connor against Khabib in that second round, yeah, slept on Khabib's striking and yeah, exactly, exactly, level change. Doesn't level changing. Wasn't expecting right that. Hand. Yeah. That would, have not, that would have knocked out a lot of guys. And, and Connor like, immediately recovered from it. Like, Element of surprise for that. Yeah. And, and kind of walked backwards. And, uh, like, to me, I mean, that showed Connor's chin right there. I mean, in those elbows, took his chest. And then Connor has a fucking chin, man. So, with that being are you guys excited for this fight? Because I wasn't excited heading into this podcast. I'm definitely excited for this fight because there's so much to think about. There's so many unanswered questions. We don't know what Connor's going to show up. We don't know what Cowboy's going to show up. There's a lot to discuss, and we're going to be getting into it here at PureEvilMMA.com. We want to know what your picks are, so let us know at PureEvilMMA underscore on Twitter and also at Donnie's Twitter at D-R-O-C-K-E-T-T-6969. We want to wish you all a very happy new year, 2020. Happy new year. Just don't forget, you are the grandfather that lived through the 20s. Uh, let that sink in for a second. Donnie, before we end this, man, where can people find you on social media? 
other than Twitter, yeah, on, obviously. On, on, yeah, on Twitter at DRocket6969 and on Instagram at DRocket169. So, DRocket69. So, Donnie, last thing. What, what did you do tonight for uh, New Year's before we end this? Just got to watch fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I haven't gone to bed since. Okay, so I took a little nap last night. Woke up to cover the Risen event from, what, 2 a.m.? Till I think it ended at like 10.30 or something like that when I was finally done doing everything. And then I tried taking a little nap. It's, it's hard to do once you get to noon. It's like, what what's going on? Like, is this real? Can I sleep? Can I not sleep? And then all of a sudden people are texting me, what are you doing for New Year's, this and that? And it, it just gets to the point where it's just like, all right, I'm staying up. You get that second wind. And here I am. Yep. It's 3.11 in the morning. Me and Donnie, 3.11 in the morning doing a podcast. I Donnie... Great way to start 2020. I think this is a, a great conversation, a great podcast oh, yeah, as well. Man. I can talk fighting uh, all day, every day. Because it makes us feel alive. And I think that's the most important oh, yeah. part here is that we yeah. wake up excited and we got one hell of an exciting pay-per-view to look forward to in a couple of weeks yeah. here. Donnie, really quick, let me off to our listeners. UFC Fight Night, January 25th. Main event, we got Curtis Blade. JDS that's going down then UFC 247 February 8th in the main event John Jones versus Donald Reyes and then February 15th UFC Fight Night main event Corey Anderson versus Juan Blackwitz and the last one I'll mention here Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker February 22nd oh I lied UFC 248 Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier going down March 7th and am I going to dare say it Coming up, guys, Francis Ngannou versus Rosenstruck going down March 8th. And then, Donnie, you know what's coming up next? April Fool's joke on everybody. The fight that we may yeah, not see. Not. Habib versus Tony Ferguson. The fifth time I've said it here on Pure MMA. April 18th. That's right, people. It's going down in April. Is it an April Fool's joke? I guess we're going to have to wait months and months to see. So, so much for tuning into Pure MMA. Check out all the latest MMA news at PeerevilleMMA.com. We got you covered, and we got a lot of content going to be dropping this New Year's. A whole new revamping of Pure Evil MMA, and we're going to get into it with me and Donnie here as my right-hand man. Donnie, thank you so much for joining us here once again, man. I mean, you really are the, uh, pretty much, you are the vice president of Pure Evil MMA. You've done more work in 2019 in the last, what, two months that you've been here than, uh, anyone else here has really done it. and I want to thank you so much for doing that no man, man. Uh, no dude I just want to say man I'm proud of you man I know you don't want to talk about it but I'm proud of you man for real you know oh and, and that reminds me I'm proud of you dude I'm proud to know you I'm proud to call you a friend man I'm really yeah. Jared Gordon man we're going to be meeting up with Jared Gordon uh, today is my years, anniversary of being clean and sober and Jared Gordon just celebrated his anniversary as well. So uh, I'll be traveling out there. We're going to be getting some lunch and meeting up with Sergio Da Silva, who was found innocent of robbing the bank with a little help from John Gotti Jr. So we'll be doing that. And Donnie, really quick, what what, what is, uh, I know that we're holding everybody on here, but just 10 seconds. Have you talked to Jared? What's going on with Jared? Is he... Uh, has it got anything going on here with a, a fight coming up? 
no news. Still, he's still, he, he had to have surgery, and uh, they kind of messed up when they did. I've texted with him today. Uh, we talked for a few minutes. Uh, texting the other day, we talked for a while, but he's uh, good people. He's we talked about this book a I like it. Good, man, so. 2020. There's so many things to get into. And I think this was the perfect way to start it off with a bang. Episode number 245 of Pure Evil MMA. I'm Evil Eddie, owner of PureEvilMMA.com. Make sure to follow me at PureEvilMMA underscore and at Evil under dash Echo on Twitter at E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O for all the third graders out there. That's Donnie Rocket. We're out, guys. Have a great night and Happy New Year. Here comes the intro.